to John chapter 13. John chapter 13 and verses 32 and forward. And The disciples are sharing the Last Supper with Jesus and Judas has just left the room and Jesus talks to his disciples not long before he will leave. So he gives some very important words. So this is what he says from verse 32. And God will bring me into my glory very soon. Dear children, how brief are these moments before I must go away and leave you. Then though you search for me, you cannot come to me. Just as I told the Jewish leaders. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The fourth habit that we're going to be looking at in just a few moments time is the habit of fellowship. Spending time loving one another. So let's continue to worship you're all getting into your habits and enjoying uh, putting those habits into practice and finding that they're uh, helpful in your own spiritual growth. It's important, isn't it, to be about the habits that will help us grow, whether it's physical fitness, whether it's uh, habits that will help us keep our minds exercised, but especially when it comes to spiritual habits, it's important that we keep doing spiritual habits that will help us grow and I hope you've been finding that uh, th these last few messages helpful that have helped you to grow. Um, I want to say right up front uh, if you have found these helpful and you think gee I'd like to spend more time thinking about habits that help me grow then any week just tick uh, spiritual maturity uh, course on the back. I want to uh, of the blue card, you know, because uh, you'll be in a group straight away with a number of people that will look at habits that make them grow. And some of the material uh, that we've looked at over this last four weeks is involved in that course. And so it'll be great for you to learn more about that and do that well. Um, I can remember um, being part of God's people right through my life. And some of the most special times when I have appreciated the church most was not when there were great sermons, although they were great. You know, it was not when there was uh, you know, great music, although there were times when they were great. But it's been times when I've felt deeply the love of other Christians coming around and helping me to grow, whether it be in a small group, whether it be with them in a musical production, or whether it be part of the worship team or whatever it was. The thing that stood out to me so much in my growing up time about the church was the love that it had for people. Equally, the most painful times that I've had as being a Christian have been times when I've been part of a fellowship where love has not been demonstrated. And it can be ter terribly painful. So this morning, I want to talk to you about this habit, the habit of fellowship. The habit of ensuring that you love one another, that I love one another, because this is what God wants us to do. Now, first of all, there's an incredibly uh, helpful verse which helps us just begin thinking about the habit of fellowship in Hebrews 10.25. And if you have that there, why don't we look that up 
um, together. Hebrews 10, 25. And Hebrews 10, 25 says this. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now the day of his coming again is drawing near. Other translations say, uh, let us not give up the habit of meeting together, as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another. So let us keep meeting together and encouraging one another. Um, The habit of fellowship is incredibly important. And I just want to share with you this morning some of the reasons why uh, fellowship is so important. Uh, It's because, first of all, I belong in God's family. Look what it says in Galatians uh, 6 and verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do to all people, do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Um, as you read the scriptures right through, uh, there are times when the family of God is referred to what it means to be a follower of Christ. You're part of God's family. The Bible uses words like brothers and sisters. Paul starts letters like that. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, he talks about um, treat older people uh, like mothers or, and, or fathers. And it's used a number of times. And there needs to be a family. The Bible intended that there would be a family kind of relationship amongst believers. Just like we have with our Father in heaven, we would have this kind of relationship with one another is what the Bible speaks about. In fact, Jesus called his disciples his brothers. You know, he talked to them like that. It's an incredible thing, isn't it, that Jesus would call his disciples his brothers. There was a strong love that he had for them. And if you have a brother or a sister, you know, often we feel so close to them. And there's a strong link between our physical brothers and sisters. And the, the Bible talks about the relationships that we have with one another as Christians as being like those family uh, relationships. In fact, they're even closer because we'll be spending eternity with each other. Um, and the, the links that are there are so strong because they're related in Christ together. This verse uh, is a very strong statement. It says, do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. We need to be focusing on how we can be good to one another in the church, how we can be showing kindness to each other, ways that we can actually relate to one another as brothers and sisters. And thinking about that, um, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19 says, you are citizens all And you as citizens are all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And it's true that you and I are members of God's family this morning. We're part of his family if we trust and belong to Jesus. We're part of the same household. You know, as we sung earlier, I've found where I belong. I'm a living stone in the house of God. You're part of God's family and it's important. He's our father and we're his children. Uh, Romans 12, 5 says, So in Christ, 
we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. So uh, there's a uniqueness that we each have. Uh, we're all part of God's family, although we're all uh, different. There is a oneness that we have in being part of this family. Have you ever woken up with a stiff neck? You know, as soon as I wake up with a stiff neck, Mandy just looks straight at me and she goes, what's wrong with you? You know, it shows, doesn't it? When you've got a stiff neck, your whole body is showing it. And I think uh, when my neck is stiff, it tells the whole rest of my body that there's pain there. and I can't relax, you know. All through the day I'm rubbing and doing that because this part of my neck is telling the whole rest of my body that I'm in pain and I find it hard to concentrate. And it's the same for us as we relate to each other in the body. It's important to us how each other's are because if there's pain, we all feel it as a body. And if there's struggles, we all feel part of each other. Um, some people say things like this. They say, I don't believe in church. You know, I'd just prefer to go and meet God in nature. I don't need a church to go to. And uh, it's true, you can actually enjoy meeting God out in nature and worshipping him there. Um, but really, the question, you have to question what their understanding of, of God is and what it means to relate to Christ. Because you can't relate to Jesus without relating to his people, to the, his church, and to his children that are a part of his church. Uh, we're to be one together in unity and to be a part to be his body would just be like one of us being out all on our own some people said i'm part of the just the church i'm not committed to any individual church i'm committed to the invisible church and the question is well when you get sick you know does an invisible pastoral carer come and care for you are you part of an invisible you know small group or how are your how do you share together with one another if you're just part of the invisible church and not one practically. I think Jesus intended us as his followers to love one another and to be part of it. Now it's interesting that if you look at the word church in the New Testament it appears about 104 times and 98 times the word church is used it refers to an individual local group of believers rather than the church in general. That's staggering. So the idea of church is always meant to be, uh, is, is mainly talked about in the New Testament as a reality group of people, not just a concept. Uh, when you come to know Christ, you're part of his family and that's where you belong. <laughs> See, we carry similar traits when we belong to Christ and it's easy to see that this is just right where we belong. Winsome King sent me some photos this week that you'll see a little bit uh, coming through uh, today. The second thing when it comes to why fellowship is so important is that I need encouragement to grow spiritually and therefore uh, fellowship is so important because you can't grow healthily alone. We, we actually need each other to grow, don't we? Um, it says in Hebrews 10, 24, you know, think of ways that you can encourage, think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. Think of ways that we can actually encourage one another, encourage them, build them up and help them to grow spiritually. Um, one of the things that we need to do as 
brothers and sisters in Christ is to think, how can I actually do things or help things that will encourage other people to grow? Uh, encourage other people to live in ways that are pleasing to God? How can I help them to, to become more Christ-like in the way that, uh, through having fellowship with them? You know, I need people around me that will encourage me to grow. And I, I need to get that. I find it so helpful being part of the team at the church because quite often we'll come in and we'll talk about a verse or a challenge or something that has been happening in our life. And I often feel challenged by the rest of the team. And it helps me grow. I need to be more stronger in that area or I need to learn more in this area because I'm learning that and seeing that in other people's lives as well. Now, when you're alone, uh, you, you can't really continue to grow because you don't see often the things where you need to grow. It says um, in Ecclesiastes 4, uh, 9 to 12, it says, you know, two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one they get a better return for their labour. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall, they're in real trouble. And verse 12 says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You know, um, two are better than one, and we need each other to grow. I've been so encouraged as I've looked on the news this week and, and uh, seen people, as I've heard, listened to the radio as well, just talk about how thankful they are for the CFA. You know, they're saying, oh, I just can't thank these guys enough. They're out working so hard to defend our place. And, you know, we found that we, our, our house was just about to be burnt and all these people came in and they, you know, fought the fires and our place was safe. You know, we, we're so thankful for them for helping us in our time of need. And I think that's a great picture of what the church should be like. You know, in our biggest times of need, people turn up and say, let's help. You know, our small group, our friends, our people say, you're in, you're in trouble. I'll come and, and help you. I'll be with you. We need each other. And, you know, there are times when we're just hanging in there, isn't there? And sometimes it's great to have people just come along and hang in there with you as well. When it's tough times, we need to hang together with other people and gee it's great when people are able to share in our sorrows and rejoice in our joys as well so i need encouragement to grow spiritually i need accountability to grow spiritually it says in proverbs 27 uh, 17 as iron sharpens iron a friend sharpens a friend have you ever experienced that Sometimes when you get together with an, another friend and you start talking about spiritual things together, you get greatly encouraged and sometimes you really start to sharpen each other in growing more and more like Christ, growing spiritually. Um, in Hebrews 3 and 13, it says, Every day keep encouraging one another so that none of you is hardened by sin's glamour. Isn't it true that sin can sometimes be really attractive? And sometimes, um, even though we know it's wrong, it can feel so right. And it can be attractive. And we think we would just love to, to, to do that. And it's not until we've you know, actually swallowed the sin or committed the sin that it, it goes right down and it, it starts to then uh, sink and rot, stink and rot. You know, when we... Uh, Sin seems wonderful at first, 
but then the pain comes afterwards. And it's during these times when we really need people around us uh, that can encourage us so that we don't get trapped in the glamour and uh, attractiveness of sin. So people would stop and help us and say, you're going in the wrong way. You need help. Uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verses 1 to 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another Christian is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Share each other's troubles and problems. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Well, it's caring for one another, loving one another. So it's true that we can say, I believe in Jesus. You know, I, I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. But what the real proof of our love for Christ is, is you can say that, um, but how do you really love people? Because that will show how much you really love Jesus. That's the real proof of your love of Christ. You know, sometimes uh, one of the best things that you can do is uh, get a friend who will help you be accountable. Now, some friends can help us, you know, keep, keep in, in good shape. And uh, a, a number of years ago, um, I was a non-jogger, that's for sure. If you'd asked me in, uh, whether I jogged, I'd say, jogging? I just don't do it. You know, I, I, I don't do it. I had a desire to jog. I even liked the idea of jogging for extended periods. I thought that would be good to, to say, oh, I'm a jogger, you know. But um, I could never jog. <laughs> no matter how much I tried, I couldn't. And then when we were in Dandenong, I uh, had a friend and we were talking together and his name was Zoltan and he had the same feelings. He desired to jog, he liked the idea, but he just couldn't get around to doing it. And uh, so together we talked and uh, we said, how about we meet at this location at this time and we'll start jogging. And then when the alarm went off in the morning, I knew that not only would I be letting myself down if I didn't jog, but I'd be letting Zoltan down and he'd be standing on the bike track and uh, just saying, where is he? So what happened is because I had my friend keeping me accountable, I got out of bed and I met him and I started jogging. And we jogged uh, twice a week, most weeks, uh, regularly, on and on. And then I've come to Wodonga and uh, I've met another friend actually who, I would, who would agree to jog. He's just gone to Guatemala now, so I'm back trying again. But I, you know, Zoltan and Beata are here today. Their families come up and they're staying with us overnight. And I asked Sultan last night, I said, how's your jogging going? And you know what? He said, I'm still jogging. What was back then a habit that none of us had, we would accountability to be accountable to each other. And both of us to this day are still jogging. Why? Because a friend can help you be, keep accountable. Now, it's the same in your spiritual life. If you're having str struggles in praying for people, why don't you get somebody else and say, would you help me pray? Uh, let's agree to do this together. Why don't we meet at this place and maybe walk together and pray? If you're having a quiet time and you... Do, do you want to let Zoltan stand up? Let's give him a round of applause. He's still jogging today. But these things are so important that just to keep having the ideas of having a quiet time, you know, but not being able to do it. 
Why don't you covenant with your wife or even your kids, you know, or someone in your family to say, I'm going to meet you here at the table tomorrow morning at this time and we're going to grab our Bibles and then we'll go our separate ways and have our quiet times together. Or maybe there's another friend that you would like to do that with. But a friend can help you keep accountable. And that's why fellowship helps us grow. It helps us become accountable. Uh, why, why else is fellowship important? Because Christ is present when we fellowship together. He's right here with us. Look what it says in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three gather together because they are mine, I am there among them. You know, it's true when God's people comes together, God is with them. Every time we gather here today, the Bible says Christ is here. Christ is present with us at church. Christ is present with us, uh, with the kids out at Kids Church as they meet each week. Christ is present when we minister on a ministry team. You know, if we're involved in ministry with other people and working together in Christ's name, then we, we know Christ's presence is with us. And Christ is with us when we're in a small group and at our homes during the week and we're gathering around and reading God's word and studying his word together and sharing. Christ is with us when we're together. That's a great reason for fellowship. Also, five, there's great power when people pray together, uh, you know, it's great praying by yourself. You know, that's great. And we, and we, and we do that regularly. But there is great power when pre- people pray together. It says in Matthew 18 and verse 19, I also tell you this, if two of you agree down here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Wow, what a promise. What a promise that is. When two or three agree down here on earth, uh, my Father in heaven will do it for you. That's an amazing promise. And that's why tonight we're coming together, 9.30. We're saying, wow, if two or three together agree, we're going to be praying, we're going to be crying out, God, have your way. Use us right through this week. That prayer is important. And then after this focus of this this week that we're focusing on, Every Wednesday, we're going to be having prayer meetings every Wednesday from 5 to 6 o'clock at night. And you're invited to come to those uh, each week. Why? Because there's power when people pray together. God's at work. Why else is uh, fellowship important? Well, because it's a witness to the world. People look at us and they can see um, that, that Jesus is real as they see the way in which we love each other and have fellowship with one another. John 17, 21, uh, Jesus says, My prayer is for all of them. My prayer for all of them is that they will be one and the world will believe that you sent me. You know, if, how many people have said, you know, why would I ever go to church? <laughs> that would be the last place I think I'd go to feel love. So many churches have got a, a um, sometimes a, a give off a feeling that says you're not welcomed here until you're one of us, you know. And, um, but when you come into a church and you wel- you're welcomed and you're made to feel at home immediately, you sense that the people love one another and that they love you. And that's a great witness to non-Christians. People can see our love. You know, when people uh, around us notice people just coming alongside and helping us in our times of need, our neighbours, our friends are really um, amazed. These people are helping you. Why is that? Well, it's because we, you know, we, we love each other. A testimony is wonderful of a church that loves. Equally opposite is a church that is going through conflict and struggles and not agreeing on anything. 
Um, and when the love is taken away, um, it, it can be a terrible witness to the world. So love one another. And that's what it says in John 13, 35 that we read earlier. It said, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. John 13, 35. So how will the world know that Jesus even exists? By the way we love each other. The way we love will show that he's real. Uh, number seven, why is fellowship so important? Why is this a habit we should continue to develop? Well, because I'm obligated to every other Christian. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. It says each one. And we know the Bible teaches that each believer has been given gifts, God-given gifts. And the gifts are given for my benefit? No, they're given for the common good so that your gift, whatever that is, is to, to be used to help build up the fellowship, to build up one another, to love one another. So the gift that you've been given is not for your own purposes, but for each other's purpose. And you, to, to use it in a way that will be administering God's grace in all its various forms. So the gifts God's given you, he wants you to share. You've got a responsibility, an obligation. You know, 1 Corinthians 12 and 5 and verse 27 says, there are different kinds of service to God. Together you form the body of Christ and each one of you is a necessary part of it. We need each other using our gifts, serving one another so that the fellowship can be experienced and the love can be shown and God can impart that to one another. You know, if you look right through the Bible, there are so many times where it says uh, one another's, you know, to do things to one another, to, uh, serve one another, accept one another, forgive one another, greet one another, bear one another's burdens, be devoted to one another, honour one another, teach one another, submit to one another, encourage one another. There's a tremendous emphasis right through the Bible, right through the New Testament about doing things together. You can't do one another things on your own. It's true. There are at least 58 times where this concept of one another comes through in the New Testament. God wants us to be fellowshipping together with one another. So you might ask today, well, how can us, Wodonga District Baptist Church, when we've got two services, you know, in the morning and one at night, and, uh, you know, there's uh, usually around 200 adults at each service, perhaps, and then you've got the kids as well. And how can we have this kind of love one another uh, together when we just come and how can I know someone from the second service and how can I do that? Well, I, I think for us, it's important that Wodonga Baptist keeps growing because there are still people that need to know about Jesus Christ in our community. And as long as there are still people that need to know Christ, we still need to be reaching out to them and letting them know about the love of Jesus. But you can't get to know 800 people personally in this deep love one another way. So we've got two, two things that happen here at, at, at church. One is our, our celebration services. Acts 5.24 says, The believers met day after day in the temple courts and from house to house. There were two places, the temple courts and from house to house. And so we, we have two kinds of major 
church meetings. One's when we come together here on the Sunday and it's a time of celebration and it's encouragement and we sing and we praise God and we have the, the message which is really tried, aimed at helping you live, uh, put God's word into your life and live and hear from him each day. But then there's another meeting. They met house to house uh, in their homes and the way you can get to feel part of 800 people is by getting to know 10, 12, 15 people in a home group. So we want to grow bigger at the same time as smaller. Uh, the only way you'll ever feel a deep sense of fellowship here in the church is to be part of a small group. And our desire as a church uh, is to have each person that comes connected in a small group uh, where you can actually share um, your hurts, encourage one another, sharpen one another and grow together in a small group. And that's our desire, especially if you're a church member. If you're a church member, we would love you. We would urge you. We would say, please be part of a small group because uh, that's the way you get to grow and to, and to grow in your love uh, and your deepening of the fellowship. So we come to church on Sunday to celebrate the Lord. We come to praise him. We come to worship him. We come to, to encourage one another together. But in the small groups, uh, a lot of other things take place um, which help us grow deeper and deeper in fellowship. Now, what's the purpose of small groups? Well, um, why don't we turn together to Acts 2, 42 and 47. Acts 2, 42 and 47 to 47. So in Acts 2, uh, it says that it goes through just the different um, important things that small groups can do uh, together and how they can help us grow in our fellowship. First of all, you notice in verse 42, it says that they joined with other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So one of the things we do in small groups is Bible study. We open God's word and we study together in a small group. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the fellowship. Uh, together they, they shared fellowship with one another. Um, some people have said that, that there's a definition of fellowship is two fellows on a ship rowing together. It's a bit silly, isn't it? Two fellows on a ship rowing together. But if you've ever tried to row with someone else who's rowing the opposite direction, it just doesn't work, does it? But when you're rowing together in the same direction, uh, instead of going in a circle, you go straight ahead and you're in unity together. And fellowship is people being together and agreeing to to meet together in unity and to grow and to encourage each other for the purpose of bringing honour to Christ and honouring him. So not only did they have Bible study in their small groups, in their home groups, but fellowship as well. And they also had communion, the breaking of bread. Look what it says there. They, um, they were sharing together in the Lord's Supper. Um, so, do you know, it's okay to actually share communion in your small group. There's some people that say, I come along and we only have it once a month here in the morning. But if you're there with your group, it's, it's, it's a great thing to share and to remember Christ's death and resurrection in your small group. You're free to do that every now and again or however often you want to, to be able to celebrate together. And it's special when it's with a group of believers that you've been sharing, Bible studying with, fellowshipping and praying with. They also prayed together, you'll notice. Fellowship and prayer, uh, fellowship and um, 
sharing in the Lord's Supper and also in prayer. Um, they prayed together. And isn't it great to be in a group where people pray for your needs, help you? You know, you might be looking for a job or you might be wanting to, you know, deal with some conflict that's coming through and you want people to pray or you want to help, you know, pray for your family or, to come to know him more. Support. They gave to one, one another as, as they had need and whoever had need. You know, in small groups, one of the most wonderful things is when your needs are often being explained or you're aware of other needs, you can actually help each other and, and provide for each other's needs. You know, I've, I've heard of a, a small group that actually got about when, when someone was in trouble with one of their children and was in hospital all the time. People just provided small uh, meals for them all the time, every night for a couple of months while the child was sick. There are so many ways that we can help each other and support each other like those dogs, you know, hanging in there um, when it gets really tough. Uh, social. It says they ate together with sincere hearts. You know, they, they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, it says in verse 46. So um, getting together and opening your home is a wonderful thing to do. Sharing a meal with people is a great way of getting to know them better and sharing in fellowship. Um, they also spent time singing and praising, it says there in Acts, Acts, Acts 2, and um, enjoying the favour of all the people. They also enjoyed outreach as well, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Those are all things that are benefits that can take place in a small group. And there are ways that we can deepen our fellowship and love one another together. I think this morning we've been spending time looking at uh, loving one another in fellowship. And there are so many important ways that we can do that that we've looked at this morning. And this is a habit. So I want to encourage you to make the habit of not giving up meeting together and coming each week to Sunday services. You know, come when you can. First service, second service, 6.30. It'd be great if you could commit to one of those services and, and say, this is where I'm coming to celebrate God each, God's presence each week and to be, encourage one another. But it'd be also great if you could commit to the habit of meeting in a small group so you can get to know a small group of people deeper and in a deeper way. Well, that's our fourth and final habit. Now, we've learnt these habits getting a grip on your Bible. You remember hearing, reading, um, thinking, studying, meditating, and applying God's word to your life. Sandy, try and grab that out of my hand. See, can't do it. But if you are doing all those things, you'll be able to have a good grip on God's word. How about just um, hearing and um, uh, meditating on God's word? Try that, Sandy. Go, go, go. Easy, you know, it's just too easy. If you just come every week to hear a message and think that's going to help you grow, it's not. Get in the habit of getting a grasp on God's word and doing those things that we talked about. And, and remember, we talked about prayer, uh, bringing our requests, praying. Remember the model that Jesus gave, praying the Lord's Prayer. Remember that. Keep combining the two of getting a grasp on God's word and praying in a daily habit of a quiet time. What a great habit. That will help you to continue to grow in your Christian walk. The, 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 the third habit that we talked about was giving and we talked about tithing and we looked at all the reasons why that was good. Commit yourself to the habit of, of tithing and, and being someone who's giving uh, generously, regularly. And the fourth one today, fellowship. Commit to regularly coming to church. You know, put that a priority in your life and then together commit to being part of a small group where you can continue to grow. These are great habits. So how can you actually uh, do that? I'm just going to spend one more minute.
One, if you've got a habit, you've got a desire to fulfill that habit and keep it going. You have to desire to keep doing that habit. Second, you have to have a decision to, to commit to doing that habit, to start a new habit. You get a desire first and then you make a decision. I'm going to commit myself to these habits. Then st step three, declaration. You actually make a resolution. You tell people, you say to your wife, honey, I made a decision. I'm going to commit to these habits. Tell your family or your friends and say, this is what I'm doing so they can keep you accountable. Fourth is determination. Don't give up. Don't give up, you know, especially when you're starting a new habit. Let nothing stop you from, not do, from doing it, you know, especially early on. To get into the habit, you've got to say, Let's, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do it all the time. Do you know, it says that some people say it takes 7 to 21 repetitions of something to learn how to do something regularly. And if you're going to have a quiet time, just doing it once or twice is not going to cement the habit. You need to do it at least you know, almost 21 times before it becomes something that, you're regu that is regular. Um, step five is just do it. You just got to do it. Get in actually every opportunity you can. If you had a quiet time in the morning and you had one on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and on Wednesday afternoon you feel like another one, do it. Just practice the habit over and over again as much as you can if you, if you um, are going to actually create this as a habit in your life. Six, step six is double up. You know, like I said with Zoltan, we, we doubled up and it got us to help achieve a habit and it's become part of our lives. Uh, so get a partner, prayer partner, uh, whatever. Step seven is depend on God. Cry out to him to help you in every way to keep committing to this habit. Let's close in prayer now as you uh, hopefully commit to these habits for 2006 and by the end of 2006, they'll just be lifelong habits in your life. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for prayer. Thank you for the gift that we can give, uh, giving back and giving generously for all that you've done. God, we thank you too for fellowship, this opportunity to get in the habit of loving one another. God, this morning we pray as we make commitments to, to keep these habits, to follow them that you would be honoured and glorified in our lives and that our church would be strong and healthy and mature as we continually grow to become the people that you've called us to be. God, thank you. We love you. And we just say, have your way, Jesus. Amen. Right now in the news sheet is the blue cards. And just love you to take a bit of time just now to fill out your name and details. On the back is some boxes as well and you can tick and respond um, in any way you like with those. Why don't we just take a few moments now to fill out these cards.